Ding Dong. You've done Ding Dong. Okay, knock, knock. <laughs> knock and knock. Who's there? It's me, Chris, from the, the podcast Astro Blast. That's so weird because I'm also from the podcast Astro Blast. You're on it? You I'm Jess it? and I'm here. Wow. You do the same amount of work as I do on it? Yes, we definitely uh, sweat just as much over preparing for these episodes. Wow, I can't believe it. Well, what should we talk about today? The lunar nodes. Nodes. Oh, look at us. Two peas in a pod. Uh, we're also going to do an astro probe with Tommy Siegel from Jukebox the Ghost. And also, at this point, it's worth noting from his Instagram illustrations, his handle is at Tommy Siegel, S-I-E-G-E-L. He um, is a cartoonist. He has hilarious and also uh, introspective cartoons. Cool. You may have seen one that went viral. Uh, he does a lot of stuff with like candy hearts. Okay. Candy hearts that like say different things on them uh -huh. will be like, there'll be like two candy hearts on a date and one will be like the experience of one versus the experience of the other. If I you've see. seen a, a candy heart illustration on the internet going viral this year, it was probably Tommy. <laughs> so he makes cartoon. did he do Garfield? Yes, actually. He did Garfield. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Ziggy? Uh, not Ziggy. He did not do no, Ziggy. just Garfield. Okay. All right. Well, cool. Also, we have a holiday merch sale happening in our store right now. It's 20% off everything. You don't need to be a patron. It's just you go to our website, astroblasting.com, click merch. And when you get to our merch store, use code Jesus is a Capricorn, and, uh, which he is. And just in general, still going strong with our new merch and time for the holiday season and our Patreon where you can uh, get a lot of fun perks such as the full extended Astro Probes, uh, not edited down to 10 minutes like we usually do for these episodes, um, as well as you can at the $5 tier ask me a question about your natal chart or astrology once a month and I will answer you directly. Um, and at the $10 level, you get 20% off all of our merch in the store. Uh, we've got Team Chris pins, Team Jess pins, H for Astrology pins we've got a couple of t-shirts one that says h for the d to the stars and back and another one uh that is astro blast with a comment on a pocket of a, a black pocket t-shirt it's you, all fun over what there. have you got going on chris oh since last episode my <laughs> life has changed astronomically astrologically oh is that so yeah i have a different sign now i'm pisces virgo something uh Sea, wow, you just world, pulled two signs out of your ass world, that aren't your own signs, so that shows progress. And SeaWorld uh, sinking, rising. SeaWorld sinking. It should be, based on the way they treat some of these dolphins or whatever. I've seen a documentary or two. I have not because I just like know it's going to be bad and then I shouldn't go to those places and I don't go to them, so that's where I'm going to leave it. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> it's so sad. I saw all those like... Uh, what kind of, were they narwhals that were like being held captive in Russia? Whoa. Like the Russian government like knew about it or something. Cause I guess they like sell for a lot of money. And uh, then like there was an uprising probably on the internet. And um, then the Russian government had them released. Whoa. The images are like super sad. They're just like, it's basically, they call it like a. Um, they did it for SeaWorld? Or wait, it wasn't narwhals. It was um, beluga whales. It you would have seen it on the internet and the news as it was. They were calling it the Russian whale jail, um, and it was just like various 
sea creatures. Oh, 97 captured belugas and orcas. I was beluga whales. Yeah. I don't know why I thought narwhals. They look like them. Do they? Narwhals look like beluga whales with a big friggin' horn. They're, they're horny belugas? Yeah. That'd be a good band name. The horny belugas. I love it. So tell me about these nodes. All right. Well, before we talk about the nodes, let's return to the ecliptic, which we just talked a little bit about in the last episode. I just want to get a little more specific about the ecliptic because it's going to help us understand what the nodes are. Even for people who are like intermediate astrologers or like learning about astrology, it can be hard to grasp what the nodes are. Uh, So the ecliptic is a belt of sky dictated by the path the sun appears to be taking around the earth. We know the sun is stationary and the earth is going around the sun. But uh, from Earth, it appears as though the sun is the one moving. Uh, And that path that the sun goes on is the ecliptic. The ecliptic is broken up into the 12 signs uh, going around Earth, um, all of the the constellations surrounding the Earth. Hence, where the sun is in the ecliptic will show us the sign that it's in. And in terms of science slash astronomy, node simply means, just like astronomical definition, node just means a point in space where a celestial body like a planet or an asteroid, intersects with this belt, this ecliptic, in the sky. So any any significant point in space, so where, where Jupiter's orbit intersects with the sun's ecliptic, that point where the lines kind of cross, making an X in tracking their orbit, that point isn't a physical thing. It's just a point in space that is a node. All of the planets have nodes because all of the planets intersect with the ecliptic. But in astrology, the lunar nodes are the most important and the most commonly used because the moon is in Earth's orbit. So the moon is very close to us as people. It's a really significant placement in our chart. The moon is like as important as the sun. And so where the moon and the sun intersect in where their orbits intersect in the sky and where that X forms is those are the lunar nodes. So to put this all together, the lunar nodes, or as your birth chart will call them, just the nodes in astrology, we pretty much only use the lunar nodes to the point that we just call them the nodes now. Um, and those are the two points in the sky that marks where the orbit of the moon intersects with the sun's path around Earth in the ecliptic. So imagine Earth in your mind. This is just to like really drive home this visual. Imagine Earth. Okay, I got it. And then imagine two circles around it. Okay, those look like boobs. <laughs> well, they're both like, so if your fist is the earth mm-hmm. and then you draw a circle around your fist, mm-hmm. both of those circles are going to be in the same place. So they won't be side by side like a boob. They'll be like overlapping, uh, overlapping around boobs. earth. Two overlapping lines around earth. Two overlapping circles around earth. Two boobs come growing from each other. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oroboobos. Uh, and one of those circles is the orbit of the sun and one is the orbit of the moon. And they're a little bit, they're at different angles, so there will be two places where those orbits intersect. Um, there, it's just two places where they intersect. So take if you take two flat circles and you tilt one to the left and one to the right, they kind of like come up to form. Uh, so maybe if we do it like this, they're kind of like this, do you know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> two tilted circles forming an X on two different sides of it. Uh, and those are the nodes, uh, the lunar nodes. So basically, like I said, they're not physical things. They're just significant markers in space. And these two places where the moon intersects the ecliptic happen in the ecliptic's northern hemisphere and the ecliptic's southern hemisphere. So we call the nodes the north node and the south node, respectively. The lunar nodes are always opposite each other. We'll get into what exactly that means when we do our next episode about the aspects next week. But for now, we'll just say that 
wherever you see one of the nodes in your birth chart, so pulling up your chart again, Chris, here, if you see you have your northern node down here in the third house, which means that your southern node, your south node, is going to be exactly opposite. So just draw, you could draw a straight line across your chart, cutting through the center of the chart and find where your other node is. Mm -hmm. So we call this the nodal axis, since they're always opposite each other. They move together. They form a straight line across our charts. Hence, mm -hmm. it's an axis line. Okay, let's do the astro probe. Okay, I'm here with Tommy Siegel, a good friend of mine uh, of the band Jukebox, the ghost also of Narc Twain, and of popular illustrations you may have seen on the gram, on Twitter, on the internet. Um, if you've seen Candy Hearts or a nude Pringles man, that is Tommy's doing. And uh, Tasteful nudes. Very tasteful. Artful, tasteful nudes of the <laughs> Pringle man. And Tommy and I met in, I think, 2011? Gosh. On tour. Uh, Jukebox the Ghost and Now Now toured, and then later we played a show together in New York as Tangred and Narc Twain. Yeah. We have a storied past. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't think I'd put together that it was 2011, but that, that makes a lot of sense. It was a long-ass time ago. Wh which tour was it? Was it the... Was I it... think it was Savoir Adore was the first time, like the three of us, like Now Now, Savoir Adore yeah. in Jukebox. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That was a long time ago. Uh, yeah. we have. I have the pleasure of doing this in person with you. You're out in Los Angeles. Heck yeah. Tell me about your relationship to astrology. Um, so my relationship to astrology is uh, fairly limited. I think it's very fun. Um, it's one of those things that on a logical scientific level, I can't wrap my head around. But then mm -hmm. I read my horoscope sign and I go, that's me. <laughs> and I read the other horoscope signs of people I know and I go, that's them. Yep. So I don't know. I mean, I think it's a lot of fun. And um, I, it's not something I've thought very um, deeply about. But yeah. um, as I was telling you, I've been enjoying podcasts. So I feel like I've learned, I've learned a few things from listening to the podcast that I did not know before. Mm -hmm. For example, I always thought the uh, moon and rising and all these things, I thought that was just some, I didn't know what, it, I thought it was just some made up thing. Oh, I yeah. I thought people were just like hedging their bets against their own sign or something. Got it, got I didn't it. realize that it was like another dimension to it or yeah. something. Yeah which I'm still trying to um, wrap my head around. I did find that last year when I was starting cartooning more seriously, I did a Zodiac series and I kind of just did them this sort of stream of consciousness description of each sign with bullet points that I sort of just based on people that I knew with those birthdays. Mm -hmm. And I was astonished by the number of people that would share them going like, oh my God, that is so me. <laughs> I also watch Frasier alone all the time, you know, whatever, you know, it's yeah. just, you know, or I caused World War One. That's so crazy. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know, there's something I'm intrigued. Totally. And I know that some some level of that is like pseudoscience-y, um, but I feel like where we can like pull meaning from things like that, from things that seem kind of like incidental, is uh, where once you understand more about astrology and what you identify with, you can cherry pick w how you identify with your signs and your chart and your planets uh, as what you say to people and um, like you're kind of like assigning your own meaning, meaning within like a dimension of... A specific thing if that makes sense it does make sense <laughs> um so like where you can kind of make some shit up and some people will be like oh my god that's me it's like 
could be about that sign or not, but the important thing is that they learned something that they could share about themselves with other people. Yes. And I mean, that's why I've sort of like, uh, sort of the, um, the party pooper crowd has never appealed to me. Like the, um, the people who are like really like anti-astrology, anti-tarot, because that kind of stuff, because to me, it's like an interesting way to examine yourself. Yeah. And it's fun. Mm -hmm. And so anyone who's like really annoyed about it, I just sort of like, I just think that's um, what a party pooper, man. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) It's like a fairly harmless thing to like yeah like a harmless hill to die on <laughs> yeah yeah like maybe maybe global warming is more important than yeah. whether people are using tarot decks and you don't like that or something you know yeah it's like the same thing as religion i feel like too where people are like but you really think that like some guy walked and i'm like it doesn't matter anymore <laughs> if some guy walked around it just matters that you know like there this thing became a huge part of society so yeah. like it's here <laughs> Just because you think it's dumb doesn't mean it's not going to exist anymore. It, yeah, and like, like my church has good snacks or whatever, so I'm going <laughs> to keep going. Or... Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Well, as we just learned, we looked up your chart a moment ago. You are a Cancer Sun, Sagittarius Rising, and Capricorn Moon. Stay away. That's what that says. <laughs> Red flags. Well, I've got a Sagittarius Rising as well, and Jenny is a Sagittarius Sun. And Chris has a Capricorn Moon. And I can confidently say that you should stay away from all of us. (laughs) (laughs) No, the, uh, so, um, I don't know if you you put this together, but my, um, my, so my cartoon social media icon everywhere is this crab with a giant nose and that's because I am a cancer. Oh, I didn't know that was why. That's why. Wow. Yeah. So I guess I uh, am an astrologer. I'm a professional astrologer. (laughs) Uh, cool. Okay, so let's do the sun question on that note. Yeah. What do you think your purpose is? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, that's the worst question that anyone's ever asked me. <laughs> um, I feel like the only purpose that I've figured out is, for me, is to create stuff in, um, um, at a manic pace until I collapse. So that's what, that's what I tend to do. Amazing. <laughs> Um, okay, moon question. Uh, what makes you feel safe? Oh, gosh. Other than Star Trek, The Next Generation. <laughs> um, uh, nature? Yeah, like hiking and camping and being outside and long walks. That makes me feel safe. Yeah, yeah. cool. Final question, the rising question. Yeah. What TV show or movie character character from a play a book any any kind of it can even be we've had people say as uh, an athlete or a politician any kind of like archetypal figure fictional or not that you relate to and or aspire to be like whoa yeah like a, like a character you have like a long time connection to uh, that would be donald duck but i don't i don't i don't think that i want to be donald duck <laughs> <laughs> you went around with no pants on and a little sailor hat a little sailor hat <laughs> No pants and a terrible temper. <laughs> Does he, is it Donald Duck that like dives through coins? No, that's, that's Scrooge. That's Scrooge. Oh right. Yeah. Okay. You, you know what? You know what I kind of as actually. You know what? And coming back to to cartooning, like later in life for me, like I definitely have always held up Bill Watterson of Calvin and Hobbes fame as like is just he the, the coolest creator dude. of it. He's the creator of Calvin and Hobbes. What I love about him is he like 
created this amazing work of art with such character and also such like integrity. Mm-hmm. It's it's like so outside of the sort of capitalistic structures that he was like demanded to participate in. Like there's no merchandise, there's no TV show, there's no movie. Everyone wanted to do all that stuff and he refused and wow. just made a great artistic product that he was proud of. And then once he was tired of it, no one's ever heard of him ever again. And he's still <laughs> been alive for 25 years doing God knows what. Oh my gosh, and what I is he really doing? Res- no one knows. What? He's like the J.D. Salinger of comics. He just like disappeared. Oh my God. Yeah. So he doesn't like still do Calvin and Hobbes? No, he stopped doing Calvin and Hobbes in 1995. Did and- he like wrap it up? Is there like yeah he did like I've a read final a fair s- amount of it but not like enough to know very much. There's that there's a famous last strip where he has uh, Calvin and Hobbes like uh, riding away in a toboggan and it's like it's a magical world out there Hobbes like let's go exploring. I just got goosebumps and I got sad. <laughs> yeah, it's such a beautiful last comic and uh, I I don't know I just have so much respect for his imagination but also like his uh, incredible sense of integrity. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean even as a child reading that. Like, I could sense the integrity there. Well, like, the fact that he never sold a Hobbes stuffed animal is wow. wild to think about. Because that yeah. would have been the most purchased object of the 1990s. Has anybody else? Is that, like, legal to do? Or has there no, just he, never been a Hobbes? There's never been any merchandising of any kind. And actually, those those Calvin peeing on things decals are all legal. Well, they should be. Yeah. For a number of reasons. Yeah. Those things suck. Yeah, and those truckers don't even like Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> they don't even know how to read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tommy, where can people find more of your work, musical or otherwise? Um, yeah, I'm just on uh on, you know, uh the hell world of social media under my own <laughs> name, um, which is Tommy Siegel, S I E G E L, not like Steven Seagal. Um, and yeah, I have all the social media things and, uh, you know, a website and stuff. I'm coming out with, um, a new, uh, solo record in 2020, which I'm excited about. I haven't figured out, um, the mechanism by which I'm going to do that, but, um, (laughs) excited about that. Excited about some cartoon news that I haven't announced yet. And, uh, yeah. Yes. Um, it is worth the follow the the um cartoons will bring much joy into your life um thank you so much for sitting down to do this thanks for having me so what does it all mean let's talk about the astrology of it now okay okay so since they're always opposite each other in the sky their meanings are bonded together we look at one of the nodes to understand the other Let's talk about the south node first because it's what we all experience before we experience the north node. In some medieval astrology texts, the south node is referred to as the dragon's tail and the north node the dragon's head. Uh, The head meaning it's directing us to where we're going, the tail being what we're kind of leaving behind. The south node represents our habits, our comfort zone, where we default behaviorally that makes us feel at ease, what we're inherently good at when we begin in life. Not all habits and comfort places are good for us, though. Or sometimes they are good for us, but we have to grow and develop them to make them become more. Mm -hmm. And the North Node is our guiding star for how to evolve and develop ourselves. So to go outside of our comfort zone to grow as a person. The nodes are often tied into the idea of karma and past lives and future lives, but I personally don't relate to that idea. I tend to view our lives as strictly here and now. But we do carry with us 
traits and habits and genetic makeup from our family and ancestors and um, cultures therein. So I think there are some things that we've inherited from the past that can inform how we behave now. And all of that is found in the South Node. And, uh, and that by learning and growing, we can be contributing to future generations in our North Node. Fuck. Somebody just drove through the neighborhood seemingly just honking all the way down the street. The fuck? Doing like honk, 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 The North Node carries us into spiritual or psychological development. It guides us to become our better selves and it's where we're headed. The nodes are tied to the meaning of the moon because they're the nodes of the moon. We know that the moon is about nurturing and sensitivity and comfort. So the nodes of the moon are those things, but on a more universal scale, not just where we're going today or what makes us feel good today or the relationship we're currently in, but where our nurturing natures will take us over the course of our entire lives, how we're growing through like, look at like your relationships and comforts and emotions on like a macro scale. And that's what the North Node will show us. Uh, when we're trying to figure out where we're headed with our careers or love, etc., and we start to feel lost along the way, we can look to our North Node to help guide us to our greater destination. Following the North Node, though, can feel awkward or uncomfortable because it's about things that we don't know yet. It's like following a map. So you have like an idea of where you're headed by looking at the North Node, but you don't really know what the journey will look like until it's happening and you have to adapt and follow the right paths to get there. In the case of the nodes, the right path will be what guides you to growing into a better self. Basically, nothing is easy, and that could be said for all of the planets and how they impact us developmentally. It's never going to be easy to, you know, you don't just, like, get to grow for free. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when we have a lot of planets touching our south node, it can mean that a lot of our personal energy is tied up in staying how we are and leaning into what we're comfortable with. Having lots of planets touching our north node means we have a lot of our personal energies ready and able to help us get to what our north node means. So to interpret your nodes, you look to the sign and house that they're in. And we've done the signs and the houses at this point so that you should be able to do this. Um, for example, Chris's south node is in the ninth house, like we just said, which relates to long journeys as well as our sense of purpose. And for you, Chris, we see this in how often you tour and how much you love it. You're comfortable there. And your north node is in the third house, which relates to communication and immediate environment. So one way that we could interpret your nodal axis is to say that you are inherently comfortable with traveling because it gives you a sense of purpose. And doing that leads you to communicating with so many people around you and sharing some part of who you are with people in order to relate with each other. And in that exchange, finding a new depth of self-purpose that makes you feel more comfortable in your own personal environment, such as when you're home and in your own head and not traveling. What you're good at, you're able to give to other people, and that giving helps you grow. Hell yeah. That's my node, baby. <laughs> Lastly, Tracy Marks came up with a good method. Who's Tracy Marks? Uh, oh, yeah. I realized that I didn't mention this bitch. Uh, this is an, uh, one of my books I referenced for this episode was The Astrology of Self-Discovery by Tracy Marks, where she talks in depth about the nodes. Um, it's really great. And uh, she came up with a good method for remembering the the symbols of the nodes that you'll see on your chart. The north node symbol looks like headphones. It's just like kind of two circles with a line over the top, almost like a horseshoe. Beats by Dre. <laughs> Beats by Dre. And then the south node is the same thing, but upside down. It looks like upside down headphones. So we come Skull in candy. Skull candy. Uh, we come into the world with upside down headphones and we're trying to put them on upright. 
So even though it might be comfortable to have these upside down headphones, correcting them might be awkward and confusing. But when we get there, it'll be evidence that we're moving down our own personal evolutionary path. Mm-hmm. Those are the nodes. I love them damn nodes. People ask this question a lot because uh, the nodes show up. They're like kind of like after the the planets in a natal chart, the nodes are like the thing that shows up next. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just like the planets and the nodes. And people are always like, when you get into astrology, you're like, what the fuck does nodes mean? Yeah. So um, I saved this episode for past the planets because honestly, the nodes aren't the most important thing. Um, some people like religiously look at the nodes in a chart, especially I think in Vedic astrology. I know in like Hindu astrology, um, they, they look at the nodes. They're like super significant. But in Western astrology, in my opinion, it's kind of like notable to look at. But it, notable. But it can be take it or leave it. said. Notable? No, notable, notable with a D. <laughs> with a D. <laughs> I think it's a good thing to look at when, when you're lost, when you're truly lost. Kind of like a north, like I called it a north star. If you're, if you're like rifling through your chart trying to figure out like what to do about this or that, or just in life in general, and you're not really sure, um, it can be kind of like, it can be an additional thing to look at to help guide you through things. Um, and then it also can just help you look at looking at the south node. Will show you. Um, you can reflect on your south node to make sure you're not sliding into your old habits. Yes, yes. Shall we do advice? Yes, it's time for advice. First person uh, is unnamed. Unnamed? It's freaking Splinter. Hell yeah! Oh, is that like... The rat from... Uh, the boss of the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He's the sensei of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I had a gerbil named Splinter when I was a kid. What? Named after the rat? That's right. That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Splinter is a Libra sun, Gemini moon, Virgo rising. And they write, a lot of my chart is earth and air signs, but I cry a lot. I haven't always been this way, and I've only really started letting myself cry since being with my girlfriend. Is there any explanation behind this? Thanks, a lesbian who's crying while watching a documentary about Scientology. That's interesting. I've been crying a lot lately. Me Yeah? Mercury's in retrograde. And I knew Just it. Kidding. The way I've been crying lately, and it, the friggin' dust outside, the smoke, the fires, that's Mercury retrograde. My car is freaking almost out of gas. I'm going to get your period any second. I'm going to get my period any second. I'm I, the freaking gaslight is on in my car and I don't even know I'm going to make it home unless I get gas. Mercury must be in retrograde. <laughs> I bought too many paper towels cuz I didn't know we already had a whole thing of them. And then I bought a second thing. So now we're freaking stocked till the freaking new year for paper towels. I'm just anytime my hand even gets a drop of water on it, I use a freaking full thing of paper towels to dry off (laughs) okay so splinter i'm gonna tell you something here master splinter your main three are air and earth but let me tell you why there's space for crying here libra is your sun sign and libra is ruled by venus and 
Venus is tied to a very kind of like feminine energy. And I don't mean that in like a gender way. I just mean that in terms of uh, like, you know, like yin and yang and whatnot. Um, I think that crying is a more feminine or negative energy. And uh, Venus is about beauty. And I think crying is a beautiful thing and is tied to beauty a lot. So though it is an air sign, you know, like Libra cries for sure. And with Virgo rising, uh, Virgo is like traditionally a very dry information based sign, but they're also prone to crises. So during kind of like intense emotional moments, they, you know, they cry. They definitely, Virgo definitely cries. They just kind of like save it for a rainy day, which it kind of seems like maybe that's what's happening to you. Um, and also you, you worded it as letting yourself cry, which on a psychological level is just really beautiful because I think that's one of the hardest parts for crying of crying sometimes is letting yourself do it. Crises. I'm surprised you're not a Pisces dealing with all these crises. Oh, I thought you were saying that because you knew about Pisces because Pisces does cry a lot. Oh, hey, I know. <laughs> oh, my God. Of course I know. It's a fish. They're fucking swimming in their tears. Yeah, they love it down there. Blub, 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 blub. Like SpongeBob SquarePants, he lives down there. He lives but in also- a house under the sea. He lives in a pineapple under the sea. So you said that you, you've you been letting yourself cry more since being with your girlfriend, which, um, I mean, like, I think you have to ask yourself, are you crying in a negative way or as a response to your girlfriend, which might not be good? Or is your girlfriend inspiring you to just, like, be more in touch with your feelings and letting yourself cry? And if it's the latter, then that's great. And if it's the former, uh, you got some thinking to do. Okay. Beautiful. And we love it. We love to give advice. And that's what we're here to do. Next up, number two, another unnamed person. Who was the last person? Splinter? Mm-hmm. Well, this one, of course, is Megan Fox, who played April O'Neil oh in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film. Megan Fox is a Libra Sun, Cancer Moon, I, F-22, okay, broke up with my boyfriend, M-24. What are we on, Craigslist over here? After I found out I was the side chick, hey, and he had been dating this other girl for over a year, I'm pissed. It was as messy as you can imagine. Fast forward to early September. I'm over it. I'm done. I'm happy. He messaged me saying he wants to be friends again, but this time without the benefits. So I agree. This is one of my best friends, and I miss having someone to go to hockey games with me I miss talking after work or school. It was going great and very chill until I got a message from his girlfriend that was essentially, you should feel bad about doing this. I'm his girlfriend and he doesn't want to be with you anymore. You should give it up. My question is, after all that backstory, should I just move on and give up on it? And Chris Farron here to say, yes, you should not be involved with this person. It's messy. Everything seems to be bad. Uh, I'm assuming that this side chick, or I don't know, but it seems like this side chick is the person who is now his girlfriend. Yeah. Well, this person saying that they were the side chick and found out, or they found out they were the side chick. So the, the, the girl that, Oh, I see. Yeah. He's still, he's still with the girl that he was with for a year. Oh, 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 oh. He had to, he had to drop his gumar, which is the person who wrote in. Yeah, I mean, no, don't you? Uh, I mean, and and how in a million years would his girlfriend ever feel comfortable with this situation? Like, uh, okay, so my boyfriend was cheating on me, but now they're he's not cheating on me anymore. Now they're just friends <laughs> and they're hanging out. 
Yeah, that's fucked up for for pretty much everyone except the guy who sounds like he's being a selfish sociopath. Yeah. I don't know why you'd even want to hang out with this person if you had a relationship, personal romantic relationship with him for a year. And he lied to you. And he lied to you the whole time. This person does not deserve your energy and like your time. Like you got to respect yourself more than that. And I'm not saying this person like deserves to die or anything. I'm just saying like you personally do not need him in your life. So, you know, go to hockey games games with someone else. Surely there's, you know, you can find someone to go to a hockey game with. That's not this piece of shit. Yeah, he, he does not sound like he is uh, acting um, in a responsible way. Yep. Fuck him. But don't. But don't fuck him. Okay, question number three is from unnamed. And it is another unnamed person, you say. Well, we have had Splinter right in, the master of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And we have had Megan Fox, a famous actress who portrayed the April O'Neil character, who is a friend of... Of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? What is her deal? Yeah, she's a reporter. She's their friend? And she's their buddy. What the fuck is that? Why, because there are no benefits? You're upset? No, I'm not upset. It's just a weird relationship. Uh, so, of course, the third and final writer in her. Of course, they would be related in some way to the Teenage Mutant... Don't... I have it. Don't even try to signal me. And it is, of course, Bebop. Nice. Who's that? He is friends with Rocksteady, and they are henchmen of this uh, Shredder. One of them has like a, a a warthog face, and one of them has a rhino. rhino face. But I can never remember which. I guess Bebop is the hog, and Rocksteady is the rhino. Probably, yeah. Um, okay, what's what's the name? Humanoids. Uh, Bebop. Bebop. Okay, so anyway, Bebop right now. <laughs> You don't want to keep talking about freaking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, <laughs> deep characters. <laughs> this went on for far too, too long. I was going to say Krang, but I wanted to go deeper. Okay, Bebop is a Pisces Sun, Cancer Moon, and Libra Rising. Oh my god. Duh, classic Bebop. <laughs> Who writes in, hey guys, love the pod. I'm a huge Chris Farron fan, but I'm more Team Jess when it comes to astrology. Fine. So, <laughs> I'm deeply and stupidly in love with my best friend who definitely probably doesn't look at me that way, but I can't help but hope something will happen between us. He has a Pisces sun too, Capricorn moon. His Venus is in Aquarius. Mine is in Pisces. I'm a little nervous to send this because he might listen. I've told him about the pod and I actually took him to a couple SoCal Chris Farron concerts in September. Well, now you really are narrowing it down. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we get along so well and I have so much fun with him. It just makes me sad because I can't imagine finding someone more perfect for me i'd love to find a way to move on so i can be friends with him without it making me feel so lonely and inadequate sad face wow the classic well i'd like to quote legendary poet adam sandler who once said love put on your yarmulke love stinks it's time for hanukkah put on your yarmulke love stinks (laughs) well what do you think here's what i think and this is a chris farron fan you're talking about So be nice. I will. Please. Pisces is ruled. One of its rulers is Neptune. And we learned in the Neptune episode recently that it's a fish. Wait. Oh, wow. (laughs) Pisces is a fish and it's ruled by Neptune, god of the sea. That's actually very interesting. Has anybody ever pointed that out? (laughs) 
<laughs> that's cool. Yes, and I'm just to you. <laughs> no, no, not, no, not no, specifically. No. I think it, I give Chris extra credit for that. Thank you. That I was get really extra great. credit. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so we learned that Neptune can deceive us because we tend to see things in other people or other places or ideas. We glamorize things. It's kind of like grass is always greener is uh, a Neptunian idea. Um, so you got two Pisces here, and it seems like there might be some room for the idea that maybe you're idealizing this person. Uh, you, you're you saying that you can't imagine anyone more perfect for you. But let me tell you something about love, which is that you know when someone is perfect for you because they feel the same way about you and they love you just as much. And oh, wow. they love you for you and you love them for them. And if that's not what's happening here and they're not reciprocating that those feelings for you, then they're not the perfect person for you. Maybe they're the perfect person for you to have in your life and be friends with, though. Um, but that being said, maybe they do have feelings for you and their Capricorn moon is preventing them from showing it because Capricorn is really closed off and ruled by Saturn. What? Is that me? Wait, what am I like? Say that again. Cap- Capricorn moon is ruled by Saturn. It's all about like uh, kind of like suppressing emotions to set boundaries. What the hell? You think I suppress my emotions to set boundaries? You say me that? I do? (laughs) (laughs) Well, what we learned about you when we've talked about this in past episodes is that you do express love with Cassie because you both share certain aspects and qualities in your chart. (laughs) And she has huge boobs. Not anymore, though. So, Well, okay. We have been getting fewer and fewer pieces of mail from the Itty Bitty Titty Committee. (laughs) They still are showing up. But I don't think she's as active as she once was. And I'm hoping uh, that that... That her membership's expiring? That it, that she, it gets canceled. I, I hope she gets kicked <laughs> out, actually. <laughs> okay, well, so anyway, this person... She's on strike. Th- this person has a, Capric- or a Capricorn moon, so they, they may be just like less outward with how they're feeling, with their expression of emotions and love. So I think it is worth having a conversation. I would say don't let your... Pisces emotions take over the conversation but just tell them like and this goes for non-astrology advice too just tell them that you're into them and like if they're not into you too that's cool and you're cool with being friends um and if that's not true if you're not cool with being friends then tell them be like I have feelings for you and it's hard to navigate with just being friends and like I don't know just but it's also risky to tell somebody that because it definitely could change their their relationship whether they want it to or not you know yeah well I like mean, some of the stuff you tell me before we start recording, you know, I love you. You're so hot. <laughs> You're the only man I've ever thought about these sorts of things with. This what is stuff Jess hell? says to me. I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't know you didn't know. Um, wow. Suddenly I'm allowed into the weird three-way dynamic between you guys and Cassie. Yeah. And honestly, it's been making me feel very all sorts of different emotions. It's definitely changed our dynamic. So you never know. You got to be careful. But you know? also tell them how you feel. And uh, the biggest challenge for you, especially as a Pisces, is going to be if it doesn't go how you want it to, staying grounded. Pisces is like, like one. It's like the most ungrounded sign, almost out of all of them. Right, Actually, it's probably in the is. Freaking water because it's a damn fish. Yeah, and it's ruled by Neptune, it's which is tied to the Nept- collective. The it's it's kind of just like floating around in space, trying to find its direction, and it's just like such a misguided sign and. Pisces is involved in a paradox, a perpetual paradox of wanting to like unite with people, but also needing freedom, which yeah. is just like freedom. 
just talk to him. Just talk to him and figure it out, and then uh, write in if it doesn't go well, and we'll give you some fresh advice. But and I'll kick his ass. And yeah, I'll wait let outside us know, his house. Let's let us know his full name and address. We'll dox him. I mean, you basically already gave it to us. <laughs> <laughs> you gave us a lot to go on. Well, what else can we say? I told you I got a big TV, right? How big? Oh my god, it got to be fifty-five inches. Well, if I didn't have a crush on you before, I do now. I know. Five inches. That's like. Wait, what do you mean? She's holding up her through her fingers like she's measuring something. <laughs> And she said, wait, 55 inches, that's like, and then what are you talking about? Nothing, sorry. Well, you're lucky because you distracted me from what I was going to say. And I don't remember what it was, but it was disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) Rate and review us or Chris's TV or Jenny's. Measuring skills? Jenny's big measuring skills. Hey, (laughs) nice. And Chris has a really special review from the Apple Podcast app to read to you. Oh, I um, love this app. Right okay. right in yours, and yours could be read as well. Right now we're at 69 reviews. Nice. And as much as, as I would love to stay at 69 forever, please review us and we will we'll read one. Such as? Wait, hold on. I have something to say about 69. Nice. <laughs> and, and, you know, staying at 69 or, or landing on 69. These people will, you know, say something to you like, I was going to like this, but I saw it was at 69 and it was just too perfect. And then by the time you see that, inevitably, it's already at like 78 or whatever, you know, I'm talking tweets. Stop doing that. Another thing everybody can stop doing is uh, screenshotting when something has four retweets and 20 favorites. Yeah, it's over. We get it. Sometimes these numbers align. Yeah, you can't get around 69. You can only get under it or over it. Nice. And it's, <laughs> but I will say it is still funny to say nice when something is 69. Yes. It's not even just funny, it's also true. And I'm the boss. And now, <laughs> a word from our fan, not Nora. Hi, love this podcast, bruv. Oh, British person. Hi, love this podcast, bruv. I would love to learn about what the intersecting lines and such mean on your natal chart. I'm also only on episode four, so if you've done that, don't roast me. Thanks. Well, Nora, what a happy coincidence. Or sorry, you're not Nora. So not Nora. What a happy coincidence because the next episode, next week, we're going to be doing the aspects. Back to Red Lobster. In it. No, please no. No, no, I can't ever go back there again. Um, Although I I would definitely buy the boxed mix of Cheddar Bay Biscuits. Hell yeah, it's really good. Uh, We're going to talk about what those lines, those intersecting lines mean in the center of a natal chart next week. So fucking tune in. Tune in, baby. Uh, You can write in to us if you'd like us to answer your questions. You must. At astroblasting at gmail.com or at our website astroblasting.com. Um, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Astroblasting on both of those things. Um, and we have a Sagittarius playlist up on Spotify and Apple Music. Um, you can find the links to those on our website under the Astro Jam section. Yeah, that's what I got for the week. How, uh, Christmas is right around the corner. The holidays. Hanukkah. Oh my God, Christmas. And we have a special Christmas episode that's going to come out in two weeks. What happens on it? We're going to talk about... Jesus... And what his sign actually is? Because I'm curious. Hell no. Maybe one day. Ah! But but for Christmas... My we're, sweet lord. We're going to do all the Harry Potter houses. We're going to talk about the, the Harry Potter houses as signs. Is Harry Potter Christmas? And elements. Yeah, Harry Potter is a Christmas thing. Yeah. Because they always do this. Happy Christmas, Harry. Happy Christmas, Ron. They, they do, do Christmas that always? Every book, every movie, there's like 
a whole Christmas thing. Really? Mm-hmm. Christmas is famous. Have People you not seen it. any of them? No. I We're going to have you watch them. just one. Thank God. Okay. <laughs> I won't make you watch eight movies for Thank this. Thank you. Um, I saw the one where they're horny. They're dripping wet. <laughs> that probably was the sixth one where like Jenny, or sorry, Jenny gets down on her, like on her knees to tie okay, Harry's shoe. And you're like, Jenny's definitely sucking his dick in Holy this Holy crap. What? Wait, um, there's like a love potion or something in it. Is that that? Yep, that's the sixth one. All right, I saw that one in the theater. Felix Felicis or whatever. We should have you watch the first one because the first one is like the most Christmassy. They go like balls to the wall Christmas and Harry Potter one. Isn't Felix Felicis the luck one? Oh, you said love, right? Love. love oh, potion. love potion? Yeah. Still the sixth one. Have either of you guys seen Harry Potter? No. Yeah, have you, you read any of it? No. I can't read. I don't know how. Well, it's fine. When you watch the first movie, that's all you'll need. And I feel like you'll be like stuffed to the gills with Harry Potter shit to say in that episode. What do you want for Christmas? Go ahead. I want astrology stuff. I want astrology books. I want like, um, that's it. (laughs) You want astrology books. I think I have like a weird complex about making christmas lists and wish lists because when i was a kid my mom used to always tell me i'd be lucky to get anything and like we were like poor but not like that poor she always got me cool shit she just like got some she like got some sick pleasure in like making me feel like i wasn't gonna get anything and then she'd get me like really cool shit well maybe she didn't even get you that cool stuff but you were expecting nothing so it was like well (laughs) i guess this is she got me a pair of socks and i was like an avocado. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I, you know, the problem with shopping online is that I can f- so quickly have the thing I want immediately. You know? Yeah, that's that's why all I can think of is astrology shit, too. I'm like, I fucking buy. If I want something and I'm, I uh, actually feel shame about this, I buy it e- immediately. Yeah, same. I'm like, Ugh, well. I'm disgusting. I feel really bad Bernie about Bernie Sanders how... would shoot me in the head if he had a chance. <laughs> He'd take me to the friggin' parking lot and shoot me in the head. That's how you know you're wrong, is if Bernie Sanders is coming for you with a gun. Yeah. I feel really guilty about how much I order shit off Amazon. Like shit that I would get at Target, but I don't like don't have the time, so I like get it sent to my door. Yeah. I'm just like, who do I think I am? How rude. Amazon is a terrible company. They do bad stuff. Like so much bad stuff. Yeah. They have way too much power. I agree. And I'm like, well. Well, but I need this light. <laughs> I need this color changing light bulb and I need it in the next three days. Mm-hmm. But in LA, it is remarkable how fast you get stuff from Amazon. I don't know. Personally, I would never support such an organization. I'm surprised you would even. <laughs> well, your mom supports it and you get your membership through yes, your mom. Yes, and my mom supports it and I get my membership at home. Well, speaking of Chris's mom's big member. No, 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 no. Member. Think about ship. something else. I'm H for the D. Uh, to the stars and back. 